0: Welcome to the Heart Zone featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org And now for a message from the Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. We've been going through the Gospel of Luke. We've been on a Earth Walk
1: with Jesus, looking at the life of Jesus Christ. And in the first part of the Gospel, we've looked at the life of Jesus and the fact that He is radical, that He is something beyond our comprehension as far as who He is and what He demands of us. And we already see that the religious folks, the folks who are into ritual more than relationship, are reacting to Him. And then we come to chapter six, and we see the Sermon on the Mount. Now, the interesting thing about the Sermon on the Mount is is that a lot of folks feel that what Jesus is calling us to in this gospel, in this sermon, really is not for now; it's for later on. But that really is not what he's saying here. He didn't say, "Listen to me; this is for later on." This is something he's calling us to now, and the basis for us doing it now is Jesus. If you look back at Verse 20, he said, Blessed are the poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who hunger now, and, who, and you shall be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, and you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you, when they revile you and cast your name out as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice in that day. Leap for joy, for indeed your reward is great. The blessing is Jesus The reason why all of those things will take place is because of Jesus. And so he launches into, right after that, those blessings and woes, he launches in how we should be living our lives and how we should be acting towards each other. So that brings us to where we are today, verse 39 through 42. And in this passage, we're going to see something interesting because Jesus is going to make a point that your life is a reflection of something. Do you realize that? You know, can I be honest with you? I'm just going to be really flat out honest with you. The Bible basically says that lip service to Jesus means nothing. Simply saying you are something is not enough as far as the Bible. Your life needs to back up what you profess. Do you understand what I'm saying? You just can't simply say, I love you, Jesus, or I love Jesus. And live in a way that is not reflective of your profession. If you live in some other way, you're reflecting something else in your life. You're not reflecting a genuine love for Jesus. And in this passage, Jesus is going to tell us, listen to me folks, He's going to tell us that our lives reflect who our teacher is. That when you live your life, you reflect who you really are. And you reflect who has the major influence in your life. Do you realize that? When you live your life, when you make your decisions, either at work or if you're a business owner as a business owner, or if you're a homemaker as a homemaker, uh, or if you work at a factory as a factory worker or in management or whatever, or, or maybe you're retired, when you make the decisions that you make, you're reflecting who your teacher is. And you're reflecting the reality of your life. And here's what I want you to understand. Professions mean nothing. It's whether you possess, and your life reflects it. And the key issue is whether or not you and I have a teachable spirit. Whether or not you and I have a teachable spirit. And, and, that, and that's tough, you know. Like God wants to know if we're real, if we're teachable. Are, do we have a teachable spirit? Now you say, where are we all going with this? Well, let's look at these verses together, and you're going to see exactly where we're going. Because the issue is, do you have a teachable spirit? Who's your teacher? Who's your life reflecting? So I want you to notice with me verse 39. This is Jesus. Luke is recording Jesus here and he says, "...and he spoke a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a ditch? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher." And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? And how can you say to your brothers, Brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. First thing we're going to do here, we're going to look, first of all, we can basically divide this passage into two sections. First, the issue of who our master is, and that's a good place for you and I to reflect who is our master. You might be saying, well, my master is Jesus. Again, let me just say to you, lip service means nothing. It's what your real life reflects. So we're going to talk about who our master is, and then we're going to talk about becoming a teacher, because all of us are going to be teachers, folks. All of you. Every one of you is a teacher, whether you realize it or not. And we're going to talk about becoming a teacher here. So let's look first of all at verse 39 to 40 and see the issue of our master. The first thing we see there is Jesus is saying, can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? The first thing I want you to see here when we talk about our master is this. Ignorance leads only to ignorance. Ignorance Leads only to ignorance. He's using the illustration of a blind man. If you have one blind man leading a group of blind people, what's going to happen, folks? They're eventually going to stumble and fall over each other and fall into a ditch. It's the same thing that's true in our lives today, especially in the church. You would be surprised at how we, how do I say this in a nice way, without offending someone? How ignorant we really are. You said that wasn't nice. I know, there's no way to say it. The fact of the matter is, is that biblical illiteracy, biblical ignorance among God's people is at a height today. Jesus is saying, your life is a reflection of who you are and how can the ignorant lead anyone? They're going to become ignorant themselves. And the sad thing is, and I'll be honest with you, let me just take a few moments and park here for a moment. Here's what I see in a lot of Christian homes today. And I, I say this from as being a pastor, as I interact in people's lives. A lack, You know what? The Bible, can I be honest with you, is not a bookshelf ornament. It's not a dust gatherer. Let's see how big a dust we can get on there before we take it off again. I was driving down the road one day and I saw a guy. I don't know how he did it, but it looked like he faded out his black Bible because it was stuck up in the back of his car Looked like you never used it, and then I realized you don't fade out letters. It's it's probably dust. And, And some people, that's what they think their Bible is. It's just something for them to sit around and look. But here's the thing. Parents here, let me be honest with you, the spirituality of your children is not dependent on this church. We're doing a lot for our kids here. But the spirituality of your kids is in whose hands, folks? The parents. And if you're going to be ignorant in your walk with God, guess what? Ignorance breeds what? Ignorance. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? And Jesus is saying, can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a ditch? My friends, if you're ignorant in your walk with God, it's a reflecting of who your master is. That's the reality. In fact, here's what he says. Look with me at verse 40. Look at what he says. A disciple is not above his teacher. Here's the next point I want you to see. You cannot move beyond your teacher. You cannot move beyond your teacher. When somebody says to me they're not growing, the first thing I want to do is look at who their teacher is in their life. And whether or not they're responding to whoever it is that they're teaching. So, well, well, my teacher's you, George. No, no, you got more teachers than just me. Let me just be honest. In fact, I'll share a personal illustration to make a point. If you ask Lori, one of the things that drives her nuts about me, nuts in a negative sense, not a, Whoo, I like that George. One of the things that drives her nuts about me is I'm a news junkie. I'm a news freak. I love, I don't know why, I love the news. And when we lived in Canada and pastored in Canada, there was an AM station called 680 News. And it was just non-stop news. 24-hour news. Now here's the problem. When you listen to a news station non-stop, it's the same stories every hour. And occasionally there might be a new one. But it's the same stuff every hour. But I'm a news junkie. I've got to get my fix, even if it's the same thing over and over and over again. Here's what I noticed about my life when I was fixated on news. That when I'm constantly being inundated with these teachers, I become negative. Some of you are the same way. If you watch news all the time, you become negative. Have you noticed, ever walked into an, uh, an elder care facility, folks? Ever walked into an elder care facility? I have to go in the elder care facilities. They'll have the TV on. Let me tell you one thing. They do not give to folks in an elder care facility as far as on TV. Have you ever noticed that they don't play the news there? See, you are never going to move above your teachers. This is what Jesus is saying. If your teachers are negative, and they're constantly feeding you negativity and all of that, you're never going to move beyond that. If your teachers are ignorant of the Bible, guess what? You're never going to move beyond ignorance of the Bible. You're not going to grow. If anything, you're going to reflect, in fact, that's my next point I want you to see here, your life will reflect your teacher. In fact, look what Jesus says in verse 40. But everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. You're going to be a reflection of your teacher. You can't beyond him, so you're going to be a reflection of him. So if it let me this be honest folks, if it's negativity, if it's negative teachers in your life, you're going to reflect that in your life. Now, Jesus specifically, here's what He's talking about here, just so you understand where He's coming from when He's addressing these folks. He's specifically talking about the religious leaders of His day and the legalism that they were heaping on the people. To, to, I mean, when it says, don't work on a Sabbath, they had literally volumes filled with what work is. And He's saying to them, you know what, folks, if these folks lead you, you're just going to fall into a ditch and you can't move beyond them. Because your life is going to reflect them. My friends, if you look at your walk with God right now, and you look at the influences in your life, you can't move beyond that. You can't. If the major influence in your life is TV, folks, it's going to influence you. Now, now, don't say, oh, George is telling me to turn the TV off. No. I'm not telling you that. But I'm telling you to be wise about what you're watching And telling you to be wise about what you're being taught. Because you can't move beyond what? Your teacher. And your life's going to reflect it. See, let me ask you a question. Here's an honest question. So you've got to ask yourself this question here. If I was to spend a week with you, or a day with you, and you were to spend it with me, and we were looking at each other's lives, it isn't just me looking at you, it's you looking at me. What would our lives reflect? I think we would expose real quickly to the people around us who our real teachers are. And we may give lift service to say we follow Jesus. But the way that we treat folks in a restaurant, the way that we treat folks at a clerk at a store, the way we treat folks who maybe fix our vehicles and they don't fix it right, or the way that we do, I mean, the way we treat our neighbors... The way we treat each other will reflect very quickly who our teacher is and who we're listening to. Because you're not going to move beyond your teacher. You're not going to move. So then Jesus then launches into, and I think it's very interesting because it's tied here. You say, boy, this second section here, verse 41 and 42, almost seems to be something different than what he was talking about. No, they're tied together. Because again, you're going to reflect who your teacher is. So now he's going to talk about you becoming a teacher and specifically addressing the issue of you being critical of others. And they're tied together. You say, how are they tied together? Well, let me explain something to you. I already told you, exposed to you that I'm a news junkie and sometimes that negativity affects me. Here's one of the things I noticed in my life. That when I'm allowing... Other teachers other than Jesus to influence me? Here's what I've noticed about George. Old George can be awfully critical about other people. Where did that come from? Where did that criticism come from? I can't move beyond the teachers in my life. And if I'm negative, if I'm being influenced by negativity, if I'm being influenced by worldly things, if I'm being influenced by the wrong kind of teachers in my life, guess what, folks? Out of my life comes negativity. So I want you to notice, With he's going to talk to us about becoming a teacher. So let's read these verses. A lot of us know these verses because we'll quote them to other people. How dare you talk about me? Go take care of the two by four in your eye before you talk about my problems. Those are the kind of things we say. But look at what it says specifically. Look with me. Verse 41. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, And do not perceive the plank in your own eye. And how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? Hypocrite! First, remove the plank from your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. Several things I want you to see here. First of all, what is Jesus telling us? Criticism is a result of blindness. Criticism is a result of blindness. Look with me, verse 41. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Folks, if you're so fixated on what's happening in other people's lives and you can sit there and... How many of you like to do this? How many of you like to just kind of observe people and pick out what's wrong with them? Some of us do that, don't we? And, and, and you'll walk into a room and you'll say, hmm, he didn't take too long picking clothes today. By the way, my wife dressed me. It's too hot for me to wear a sweatshirt, but this is the only thing they had big enough to fit me up there, okay? All right? So you critical people, watch out. Okay? Okay. You're blind. No, here's, here's what I want you to see. When you... Engage in criticism. You are blind to your own condition. Bottom line is what Jesus is saying. You, you, are, you are willfully or ignorantly overlooking the stuff in your own life. You say, what do you mean by willfully? Well, sometimes we overlook our own problems and focus on the other issues of other people. And, and, and oftentimes Paul will tell us that the measuring stick that we use to measure others by, we will be judged by ourselves. And so we'll hold people in judgment. We will criticize others because of some little flaw in their lives. One of the things that has always amazed me as a pastor, you know, I've been pastoring now for 15 years. One of the things that has amazed me as a pastor is how fixated we get on people smoking cigarettes. And, yeah, it's wrong. It's not good to smoke cigarettes, folks. It'll kill you. And I've done funerals for folks, and I've watched folks suffer because of cigarettes. And, yeah, I mean, rightfully so, we need to say something about cigarettes, okay? However, I've also noticed that people who are really critical of young Christians smoking cigarettes have problems with gossip, have problems with attitudes, have problems with criticism. And and I'm trying to match it up. Which is more deadlier? Let's see. Cigarettes will kill you health-wise, But that negative spirit kills your soul. That's reality. And here's what happens is that when I focus on what's going on in other people's lives and, oh, you know, he drives a Ford. The reality is is that I'm overlooking my own problems. I mean, I drove a Chevy and it just decided to quit. I don't know why. Criticism is a result of blindness. Now here's what Jesus is saying, folks. Here's We say, well, so I'm overlooking some things in my life, George. Don't we all do that? Look at what Jesus says. Look with me. Verse 42. Very flat out plain, folks. And how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? Hypocrite. Here's the point I want you to see, folks. Blindness reflects hypocrisy. Look, when you are critical of others and you're overlooking the junk in your own life, the fact of the matter is, let me just go ahead and say the word, you're a hypocrite. You're up here holding this standard about how other people should be, and you're measuring everybody else and you're critical. Well, you know, hey, you know, they're not, they're just, they just don't make it. And you yourself don't even make it. Jesus just goes ahead and says it like it is. He says, you are a hypocrite. In fact, let me give a little bit specifically what it means there. The word hypocrite that Jesus is using here, the word that is used here in its original language is actually actor. You're an actor. In fact, it's a word that was used. The Greek word is actually used... How many of you remember drama in high school? You know, they had the the mask, the, the happy mask and the angry mask. Well, that comes from Greek drama. And it actually means one who wears a mask. You are pretending to be something that you're not. And when you are blind to your own condition, when you are blind to the stuff that's in your life, you're a hypocrite. Because you're holding up this standard for everybody else to live by. And you yourself don't live by it. You're a hypocrite. And you know what? Here's the biggest complaint. We hear it all the time. How many of you hear this one? Well, I don't want to go to that church because it's just filled with what, folks? Hypocrites. And you know what, folks? I used to get offended at that. I used to say, well, they don't know the dear people in my church. They... We're not that way. As I've gotten older... We are. And they are right. We are hypocrites. We are. So blindness reflects hypocrisy. So here's what Jesus is telling us to do, folks. Here's what He's saying. Wake up to the reality of your own sin. Wake up to the reality of your sin. You're not perfect, folks. See, this is what tells me whether or not you have a teachable spirit or not. We're talking about having a teachable spirit here today. We're talking about whether or not we're reflecting the true teacher or reflecting some other teacher in our life. Here's the reality. If you have a teachable spirit, you're always going to be aware of the fact that there is sin in your life and you have not met the mark and you're far from it. And that you've got a long way to go And God helped me to get there. Look, I'm not perfect. Just ask Lori. She'll tell you. Even just this week, we're up in a spiritual place. And she'll tell you. George didn't do right sometimes. She didn't either. Why? Take the plank out of your eye, Jerry, before you talk about the speck and Lori's. No, here's the reality you got to have a teachable spirit. You know, folks, I have folks who come in my office all the time and they've got issues that they're dealing with, and one of the things that they, I always have to overcome with them is the reality that they think I look down on them. Because maybe they're doing something I would never think of doing. But you know what the reality is? You know what keeps me in a place of humility? It's not to focus on what they're doing, but to look at the junk in my own life. And to realize that there's a Savior who saved me and who can save them. That's reality. That's, that's waking up to the reality of your sin. This is what Jesus is saying. Before you come to the place of wanting to be the spec inspector in someone else's life, to look at for splinters in their life, to look at all the nitpicky junk in their life, you better get your own act together. You better wake up to the reality of who you are. And, and let me just remind you, if you're here today and you say, well, that may be true for you, George, but I've got my act together. First John has a verse for you, First John 1.8, which is the verse right before the verse says about forgiveness. Here's what he says in First John 1.8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. You're just deceiving yourself. You're just deceiving yourself. If you think you're OK, you're not. you need to wake up to the reality of sin in your life. In fact, here's a verse that we, we heard this week, and I thought it was great. Psalm 139:23 through24 reflects the attitude we need to have about waking up the reality to, to the reality of our own lives. Search me, O God, know my heart, try me and know my anxieties, and see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Wake up to the reality, folks. We are not perfect. We're not going to be perfect. And then finally, here's what Jesus says. When you wake up to the reality of your own life and you become teachable, you become a teacher. Let me me back up. You may want to write that down. When you become teachable, you become a teacher. Here's what He's saying. This is the basis for helping others. Look at what he says there. Last part of 42. First, remove the plank from your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. One of my favorite verses in the Bible talks about dealing with people. It's Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. You may want to write that down. Go look that up on your own. And in that, it talks about how to deal with a brother who is straying. How to deal with a brother who is who is not right with God. Who's maybe walked away from God. Who's in sin. And he. That we who are spiritual need to go to that one in the spirit of meekness and gentleness to bring them back, recognizing, this is a George Caron paraphrase, that given the right circumstances, we might do the same thing. See, when I recognize that man... It's only but the blood of Jesus that has cleansed me. It is only because of the sacrifice of Christ, His death on the cross, that I have redemption. It's not anything about me. It's not my education. It's not where I was raised. It's not how much I'm making. It's all about Jesus. Then I'm able to teach others. Because I'll be honest with you, I'll be humble. I'll be humble. In fact, listen to what David said. This is in Psalm 51. Another Great psalm that I love. David's song of confession from his sin with Bathsheba. And here's what he writes in verses 9-13. through I think this is great. Listen to what he says. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your generous spirit. So what we're seeing there in those verses is David's confession. David's saying, God, I need you to renew my life. God, I need you to help me deal with my sin. God, I need you. Then listen to what he says in verse 13. I think this is wonderful. Because only after he's gotten right with God can he say verse 13. He said, well, what's verse 13? Here's what it says. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will be converted to you. Some of you, you know, it's interesting that last part, and sinners will be converted to you. You want to know something, folks? You want to know the reason why some of you, some of you are like, man, I wish my loved ones would come to know Jesus. I wish my, I wish the people in my life who don't know you would know you, Jesus. I just wish they would get saved, and how come that George isn't coming around very much? Listen to what that last verse says. And then, what? Sinners shall be converted to you. Could it be that the reason why some of your loved ones maybe aren't accepting Jesus is not because of Jesus or because Billy Graham didn't give a good enough sermon on the TV? But it's because of you. Because you're blind to your own condition. And you're critical. And you're judgmental. Do you know what I mean? See, the basis for helping others is recognizing the reality of sin in our own lives.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you.